Flying solo this week, Richie's on his holidays. And you know, because Richie's not here, I'm going to do this, and I'd like to start every show with this song. All Evertonians, wherever they are, just looking up. Even if they're toiling away in the field, just looking up. Like meerkats. It's like a bit in uh, Thundercats, where the eye thunder is put onto a cloud. This is the Little Everton theme tune, the team that run onto the pitch too, Zed Cars. You know I'm an Everton fan, it's been a traumatic football season. It's done and dusted now, but we very nearly went down, very nearly got uh, relegated, very emotional. I think it's fair to say that fan power, the spirit of the Blues, uh, played a big part in pulling the team out of the relegation battle at the very last minute. It's kind of defiance. That defiance at the end of the season was symbolised by blue flares. I don't mean trousers, I mean blue smoky flares that Everton fans brought to the games. They used the blue flares when the team arrived on the bus. It was an amazing thing. Real kind of like lump in the throat stuff. And there's this iconic moment at the tail end of last season where our striker Richarlison, after scoring, picked up one of these blue flares and ran around the corner of Goodison Park with it. And it's brilliant. And the reason I'm talking about this is that uh, earlier on today I bought a print of that actual uh, thing, of Richarlison with a blue flare. And I can't wait for it to arrive. Very excited about it. Uh, I've sent a picture of this print to uh, my other half, Katie, and she's just sent me back this voice note. Andy, I've just seen the Richarlison picture order and I'm really hoping that's a present for someone because that ain't going on our walls. Thank you. So you go, breaking news. I'm very excited about it. Katie says it's not allowed in the house. So I thought I'd get you guys to give me like some backup here. Have you got something, an item, a thing or anything that for whatever reason is not allowed in your house? Back me up here, 8, 12, 50. Can't just be me and Richarlison and his flares. Uh, Martin says, my white chinos from 1993. <laughs> Fair enough. I think I had a pair of them as well. Uh, Tommy sent in a photo of his uh, Harley Davidson. He says this, the garage is cold and dusty. She doesn't understand. There must be like women listening to this though that have got an item that, for whatever reason, is not allowed indoors. Can't just all be fellas, can it? By the way, people text in and tweet me saying, oh, he's just handed in a transfer request. That would be typical timing of me. But either way, I, I, I want a picture of him on the wall because I love what he did for us in terms of Everton Football Club. So you can turn that right in. Uh, but tell me if you've got something of yours that, for whatever reason, is, is, is not allowed into the house. Neil says, I bought a signed Millwall shirt just before my first marriage. I was told in no uncertain terms that it would not be going up in our house. Spent the next ten years in my mum's loft. After we'd separated, it went up centre stage of our new flat. For the next ten years, it hung on my front room wall. Then I met my dream girl. We got married five years ago. And guess what? The signed Millwall shirt is back in my mum's loft for another five years. Hey-ho, says Neil. There you go. Swings and roundabouts in action. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on the phones tonight. Harry is on the line right now. Harry, what item of yours has been a bone of contention in your house? Uh, so it's a massive poster, but it's made up of loads of bits of A4. That's how it came. Of Homer Simpson in the, the episode where he uh, looks like Mr Sparkle from the Japanese uh, dishwashing advert. Brilliant. And how big is this if it was all constructed with all these bits of A4? How big is it? Uh, so, looking at it now, it's it's five A4 wide and two A4 high all the way across. But, yeah, it just looks amazing. But so, she absolutely hates it. So, you say looking at it now, unless you're phoning us from your garage, that means it's actually made its way into the house. 
Yeah, well, she put her foot down, but then when she wasn't in, I just put it up, and she's never took it out. So, is there an item that your your other half has that you're not so keen on, but you just kind of get on with oh, it? God, um, loads of stuff. There's just so much tat. We've got. I'm looking at a, another wall that's got random wooden boxes full of books that's just display apparently. Books. What a waste of time they are, eh, Harry? <laughs> right. <laughs> that that's what may, that could be space for Homer Simpson, and other Simpsons memorabilia. Right. Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, I've got another poster, but she's really not keen on that one either. So, what's your other poster? Uh, well, it's a Homer Simpson raid uh, <laughs> hung over upside down on a load of donuts. Right, listen, I can't really defend you on this, Harry. That's enough with the Homer Simpson stuff, okay, mate? Sorry, pal. Just one bit of cooking advice as well. I don't. You warn those people like my parents. My mum and dad like to have um, what me and my brother call midweek evening fry-ups. My mum and dad genuinely will have like a, a proper fry-up on their knees on like a Wednesday, Thursday night, that kind of thing, watching telly. Not eating on their knees, that'd be weird. Like pillow and stuff. Trays, those kind of things. Uh, but... Um, You've got to put... Don't don't fry bacon. Don't fry bacon. Put it in the oven. Swear to God it's a game changer. 90 to 100 degrees. Just trust me on this. 90 to 100 degrees. Put on a bit of tinfoil. 20 minutes in there. Absolute game changer. You'll be thinking about, you know, people frying bacon as like something you might have seen in Victorian times and you almost can't believe people used to behave like that. Try it tonight. Tell me what you reckon. Uh, very quickly, some stuff still coming in about uh, things that you wouldn't... are not allowed in the house, even that you own them and you love them. Uh, has handwritten Shed Seren, uh, Seven lyrics written by Rick Witter himself, uh, such as Going for Gold and On Standby. Currently in the cupboard, he's gutted. And Steve says, A bendy bully from Bullseye. Not one one on the show, but one bought several years ago when you could buy them. Wife didn't like it on show, but it's safely in storage. Sometimes we get texts into the studio that I don't know whether they're meant for us or someone's accidentally texted in. Uh, and there's one that's just coming now. I don't know if it's like a like meant like someone texting their mum, or it's a genuine question for me. It just says, "You still going to home bargains?" Do you know what? If it's for me, yes, I am. It's the reasonably priced pots of salsa for Doritos, uh, cheap toothpaste, and face masks. Can't get enough of it. If that wasn't for me, then fair enough. We'll just move on. What we are talking about right now is things that you're not allowed to have in the house. I bought a Richarlison print from a, a lovely Everton memorabilia place called Just Doodlin. Uh, Katie won't allow it in the house already. It's not even arrived yet. Not allowed in the house. Banned. Have you got a similar situation? Robin Devon says, I bought an exhaust blanking plate for a Rolls-Royce jet engine for a tornado. Don't know what any of those words mean. Ex-wife wouldn't have it in the house. Future wife loves it, and it's on the wall in our hallway. There you go. Swings and roundabouts. We've got Emma on the line right now. Emma, what item wasn't allowed in your place? It is um, a life-size cutout of Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Wow, so Legolas, the uh, long blonde-haired elf uh, played by... Yes. Who played him in the movies again? Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. Tell, tell us about that. Why is it not allowed in the house, and how did you end up with it? Well, <laughs> I had a bit of a crush on Legolas and every, kind of my family got to know about this um, and when my parents went on holiday they saw this cutout in one of the music schools in America um, and they brought it back for me to the point that he didn't even fit in their suitcase they had to bring him on the plane oh and the stewardess kind of I don't know where they put it but they looked after him for them <laughs> and then they presented it to me when I got home so he was around I think in the lounge for maybe a day or two um, and then, then, yeah, he got kind of got relegated to the garage. Where is he now? I still have him. He's still in the garage. Yeah, he will have to come out again at some point, I think. Yeah, get him out there. Take him for a walk into town or something like that. So did you go and visit him <laughs> yeah. in there or anything or, or what? <laughs> um, maybe every now and then. Just to see he's still, you know, not being nibbled away by mice or anything like that. Oh, that would be a very uh, unglamorous end for Legolas, wouldn't it? Being uh, nibbled away by rats and stuff. It would. Yeah, it would be, yeah. <laughs> Lovely to speak to you. Take care. 
Thank you. Take care. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Bush here with you on this Thursday night. How's your week been? Is your, be- your week been all right so far? I had a bit of a nightmare on Tuesday. Uh, got on into a little uh, Brompton folding bike to cycle home. I-, I do swear by my little bike. It's done me well over the past few years, particularly during that tube strike and everything that was on Mondays. So this is Tuesday. Finished the show, put all my little, you know, high-vis stuff on, jumped on the bike, set off, started pedalling across Golden Square, felt a kind of rumble from the back wheel, thought to myself, hold on a second, this isn't right. Normally picking up some serious speed by this point, as you can imagine. Looking incredibly cool. Uh, it turns out I got a flat tyre. And you know what, I've had a good run. I can't even remember the last time I've had a flat tyre. An incredible run of it being all right. And finally it's got me. Here's the thing, right, I had to walk it back into the building and then I, I thought, I can't be dealing with this right now and I still haven't dealt with it, it's still downstairs. I don't know if I know how to change a tyre on a bike. I, I remember doing it and fixing a puncture when I was, like, a kid. You remember that with, like, out in the back garden with, like, a, the, the washing-up bowl... A bit of chalk, some bubbles, but this is the back wheel on the Brompton where all the gears are, and I don't know how to get that off. And do you know what? It, it got me thinking about the stuff that I learned at school. And, like, no offence to CDT or home economics, but instead of, back then, wasting time making a tie-dye drawstring bag with your initials on it or a hedgehog wooden pencil case, maybe we should have been drilled in, like, proper life skills so that now, all these years ahead, I'd know what I'm doing in terms of changing tyres and sorting punctures out. So this hour of the show, just have a little think about this, right? If you think back to your school days, what mega life skills should we have been drilled in back then that would help us further down the line? Like engine awareness. Like, I don't know anything about the engine of our car. I haven't got a clue. What about a Wi-Fi network setup, Or even getting a phone and trying to connect your phone to the work Wi-Fi? Why is that still so confusing? Let's learn about it in school and get it sorted out. Even just changing a wheel on a car. I wouldn't know what to do in a million years. Someone pointed out the other day that you've got a spare wheel in the boot. I didn't even know that. It's just hiding underneath there, like a stowaway. So, think back to school. Remember general studies, that kind of thing? You should be learning life skills. What about getting some people to come in and and teach you about bad tattoo choices when you're at school? So, like, you know, four or five people come in, they just raise their shirt and show you, like, a tribal tattoo or one of them, uh, you know, barbed wire around the arm that seemed like a good idea at the time. Superman symbols, a tigger or something like that. Imparting wisdom onto the younger generations. Or what about, you remember St John's Ambulance? Do you remember they they came in and they do that thing where they've got that horrific-looking doll, which is like a a head and shoulders and a torso, and you would normally give it mouth-to-mouth? What about that, but for learning how to do kissing? Because that's terrifying, isn't it? Use the same doll, minor modifications. 50-50 on that idea. Think back to school... What, what do you wish you were drilled at as a life school, uh, a life skill back then? Andrew says, Bush, I like the idea uh, that you had earlier on of uh, learning to kiss on the St John's ambulance doll at school. Take it a step further, put a bra on it. Some of us could learn to undo it while snogging it at the same time. I think you've just crossed the line there, Andrew, mate. To be honest with you, a lot of people pushing their tea away. Thanks very much. We are, on a serious note, talking about uh, what life skills we should have been taught at school. Uh, because I've got a flat tyre on my bike. It's not a euphemism. Happened on Tuesday. Don't know what to do with it. Should have learned that at school. Karen 
says, we should have had makeup and hairstyling lessons back in the 70s and 80s. Boy, we need it now. Uh, she's then having a go at TikTok and YouTube, so we'll leave that there. Jane from Blackpool says, uh, we should definitely have been taught about painting and decorating and how to put wallpaper up and how to build shelves. I don't think I've put wallpaper up in my entire life. Uh, so yeah, that would have been a good thing at school. Pete's on the line. Pete, what should kids be taught at school as a life skill going forwards? Changing a car tyre, like you said. Yep. Same with bike tyres. Debt, so savings. If I'd been told how to save me, save money properly, I would never have got into like any financial worries and actually yeah. probably would have been on the property ladder, ladder a bit quicker. Yeah, because, you know, I don't know about you, but maths for me was a lot of just like adding up triangles and stuff. And I've never, that's yeah. never really come into life at any other point, really. No, like circumference of a circle and diameters of a circle. I've never Waste used that or pie. You know, the only pie I have is steak and kidney occasionally. But Chicken pie, maths, chicken. Chicken yeah. pie is oh, yeah, so yeah, good, chicken, isn't it? Chicken, yeah. But other than that, like, I, I never used to bother with any of my maths skills. Yeah. Like, I sit and do Excel. It does it for me now. I don't need to learn how to add up. Just obsessed with shapes up. and stuff, weren't they, back in the days with maths? I feel like they need to move on a little bit. Any other thing, like car? I mean, mentioned cars earlier on. Any other stuff in a car that we could have learned about? Uh, doing your tyre pressures, doing your washer fluid. Uh, I've lost count of the amount of times my wife's asked me to change the washer fluid for her or top up the washer fluid. Yeah. Yeah, definitely stuff like that. And the other one is um, the fact that on your uh, fuel gauge next to the um, when the light comes on the arrow points to which side your fuel cap's on imagine if you told that a bunch of kids that they'd be absolutely wowed wouldn't they that'd be that's an amazing bit of information to impart exactly useful bit of information that you know i only learned a couple of years ago well if if they ever go back to do i know i don't think general studies is a thing anymore now but if they bring general studies back pete you need to be one of the people that's teaching this kind of stuff because i think it would improve the next generation I think it would. I don't know whether uh, I'd be the right person to teach it, but I'd give it a go. <laughs> well, I would love to see that. Uh, great to speak to you, man. Take care. Thank you. Thanks a lot, mate. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Thanks to 10 weeks of tickets. We've got a pair of tickets to be won for this year's Isle of Wight Festival, taking place the 17th of June for your chance to see Kasabian, Muse, Blossoms, Wet Leg, The Kooks, The Charlatans and loads more. All you need to do is take part in our little game that you know is called Ticket to Ride. She's got a ticket to ride. He's got a ticket to ride. Sing it loud. They've got a ticket to ride. We'll get you there. See how this works. A famous artist has set sail on the way to the festival. And they're singing one of their most famous songs, but the water's choppy and the captain of the ferry keeps having to sound the fog on. To win the tickets, all you need to do is tell me what lyrics the captain has played the fog horn over. Are you ready for this? This is a tough one, so have a good listen. What lyrics are being covered up by his horn? There's something beautiful, a contradiction. I want to play the game. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Uh, let's speak to tonight's contestant. Uh, who's this online? Who have we got here? Is it Tamaris? Hi. Hey, <laughs> lovely to speak to you. How's your Thursday been? Yeah, I'm better now. Oh, bless you. Uh, what have you been doing today, Tamaris? Um, I have just been doing some work from home and, yeah, and housework, boring stuff. <laughs> OK. Uh, is it housework? Is it any therapeutic bit of housework that you've done today? There's something that afterwards you feel like actually kind of quite good doing that? Um, like a bit of clearing out. I always like to try and declutter. So, yeah. And I had a few tickets to ride as well, so... <laughs> Fantastic. 
That's good. And then we were just contemplating earlier on what to have for tea this evening. Producer Adam's thinking pizza. I might have a jacket potato. What are you having? Uh, we've actually got potatoes in the oven as well, so... Oh, brilliant. What, jacket potatoes or are they going with someone else? I need to know. Um... Oh, no, it's, it's really dumb. Go on, please, just please clarify. I hate to no, press you I on potatoes, some, but... Oh, I took some stuff out earlier thinking it was chicken tikka masala and it was actually sorbet, so I had to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> what an unusual dinner you're going to have this evening. Yeah. I so, love that. Um, yeah, I just chucked something else in to go with it, but it's a bit of a mishmash. Are you going to still have the... You're not going to let the sorbet go to waste, though, are you? <laughs> no. Right, let's let's stop talking about sorbet and potatoes. Let's get on with this. Have a listen to this uh, band playing one of their famous songs and they've got a fog on all over it. You're something beautiful, a contradiction. I want to play the game. Bit of muse there, of course, playing at the Isle of Wight Festival. What is the missing lyric, please, Tamaris? I want the friction. Yeah, absolutely right. You're off to the Isle of Wight Festival. Good on Yay! you. Thank you. Congratulations. So a bit of a downer with the whole sorbet situation, but things have certainly uh, rallied yeah, at the, the final part of the evening. What about that? <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. Great to speak to you. Thank you for that insight into your Thursday. We've thank absolutely you. loved it. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So a big thank you to everyone who sent in videos of their pets yesterday. Uh, I was on my way back from football last night. Uh, on on the train, uh, watching videos of dogs sing along to Coldplay and stuff like that. It was great. Proof that uh, Dog Night last night was a success. Cat Night the night before. Tonight, in the final of our little trilogy of celebrating pets, it's any other animals. What about the animals that aren't the usual run-of-the-mill stuff? If that's you, you've got a pet like that, get in touch. You can tweet us at Absolute Radio. Ashley's on the line. Ashley, what have you got? Um, so we've got eight rats. Not just one, not just two, like a couple of rats. You've got eight yeah. rats. Yeah. Um, well, you can't really have one rat because they're social animals, so they need to be in at least pairs. Oh, That's I didn't. I didn't know that. Do you know what the um, collective noun is for a load of rats in one go? Yeah, it's called a mischief. Is it? Is it really? Yes. Okay, and what do they look like? These rats are they all like all all black rats or brown rats? Big um, ears? What's going so on? The domesticated rat is the Norway rat. So in the wild, they're brown. It's called agouti colouring. But our rats, they have, like, varieties in a similar way that dogs have breeds. And they're all different colours. So we have some that have white markings, some that are brown, some that are grey. And they also have two different ear placements. So they can either be on top of their heads, like wild rats usually have them, or on their side. um, And they're called Dumbo ears. Dumbo is fantastic. And uh, in terms of where they are, do you walk around with them like on your shoulder nestling in your hair? Or are they in like um, a little like pen or something? Um, so they do have a cage, but they do have them like outside of the cage time where they have playtime and things like that to like find food. They like to climb. Okay. They like to steal food. Amazing. Well they sound like they sound like non stop fun action. Would you do you know their names off by heart? You'd be able to tell us what their their names are right now? Yes. Go for it. Cade, Hester, Akatosh, Coram, Pullman, Periite, Bentham, Aldwin. What an incredibly unusual collection of pet names. Where's that come from? Um, so three of them are from Elder Scrolls. My fiance named them. Fantastic. One of them is from Doom, which is another game. Destiny. Sorry, sorry, got corrected there. Destiny, which is another game. <laughs> um, two of them are from a book series called His Dark Materials. One of them is named after the author of that, and. The other one is named after the ideological founder of my undergrad university. 
Wow. Wow. Well, I think clear leader this evening on uh, definite out there pet names, uh, Ashley and your uh, mischief of rats. Brilliant to speak to you. Thank you very much. Jane says, I have two house rabbits, Juniper and Nutmeg. They're litter trained, very friendly and inquisitive and have a particular appetite for electrical wires and our furniture. Uh, With great power comes great responsibility, owning rabbits. Joanne says, I sent in a photo. This is my baby Gizmo. He gives the best neck massages when I've had a stressful day. It's like an eight foot long snake. That's what Gizmo is. I don't know if I could do that, to be honest with you. A cuddle off a snake. Uh, Ian says, I have, well, this goes one further. I have five snakes, two lizards, and a giant African millipede. They're all great pets. Some cracking, unusual pets coming in this evening. If you'd like to share some info about yours, and we'd love to hear about it. And there's so many amazing ones coming in. Jessica says, Hi, I have about 400 animals in my house, including tarantulas, scorpions, snakes, frogs, rats, gerbils, guinea pigs, and my newest addition, harvest mice. Sounds like someone out of uh, the Old Testament in the Bible going on around it your gaff at the moment. Uh, thank you for getting in touch. Luke says, Bush, can you say hi to my two budgies, Dodge and Lotus? Also my cockatiel, ZZ, who gets to enjoy uh, home time and absolute radio whilst I'm at work. God bless all the animals that listen to the radio whilst their owners and humans uh, are, are away at work. I love that. Stoke Newington, Leslie says, my husband feeds loads of squirrels. He has a Cyril the Squirrel Facebook page and has a calendar made every year as well. They love the monkey nuts, apparently. Go crazy for them. Good intel. Leslie, uh, let's go to the phones. Katrina, tell everyone about your unusual pet. It's a praying mantis. You've got a praying mantis? Yes, called Parker. <laughs> Why is he called Parker? And um, That's what my daughter named him. Fair enough. <laughs> Can't... It could be a girl, it could be a boy, we don't know. Can't argue with that. And I always think praying mantises always look like they're like starting on someone outside a pub. They're always like rearing up. Is, is, is Parker do that? Yes, and when you feed it, he does the, the praying stance and then he just literally lunges at the prey. Wow, so he's just constantly aggers the whole time, Parker. Well, you only feed him about every two weeks, so... <laughs> That's a cheap pet, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it is. You've got to buy a box of grubs to give him. Oh, my. That's the weird thing. With these more unusual pets, you've got to, you've got to get weird, like, food for them. So what, you've got to go to a pet shop and get, like, live grubs... Yeah, little mini mini hoppers, so baby grasshoppers. Blimey! So every day for you in your house is like uh, one of those Bush Tucker trials in uh, "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here." Yeah, well for him, yeah. I bet it <laughs> I'm is. It, yeah. <laughs> wow! Well, good on Parker, and lovely to speak to you. Right, my love, thank you. This text says, uh, Bush, I've got 11 pet chickens. What about that's an amazing thing? We've got Dan on the line right now. Dan, what unusual pet have you got? No, I've got a Vietnamese potbelly pig. <laughs> so a Vietnamese potbelly pig? Yes. He's 200 kilos. He's a big lump. What's his name? Billboy. Delboy. Now, this is pertinent because, of course, Dave Barry on The Breakfast Show is, has have a walk-on role in the uh, Only Fools and Horses musical in the next uh, week or two. So you, your actual pig is called Delboy. It's called Delboy. OK, and what does he do? Where, where is he? Like, out in the garden, or is he a house pig? No, he's in the garden. So do you want to hear the whole story? Yeah, or? No, go for it, go for it. Right, so my sister's got a postage stamp for a garden, and she decided to get a pig. Um... The pig got too big, and I had quite a big garden, so I said, look, I'll take him, but I need to get someone to go with him. So we called the first one Uncle Albert. <laughs> then <laughs> the second one we called Delboy. And Uncle Albert, unfortunately, had to be put down, so we got stuck with Delboy. Wow. And, it, and if you get, um, like, uh, maybe uh, a partner for Delboy, you could get uh, Raquel. 
Yes, that's it, definitely. <laughs> and what kind of stuff on a daily basis does uh, old Dale Boy eat then? I bet he puts away some serious foods. He does. We try and keep him on. He's got his own food, which is actually pot-bellied pig food. And then he has lots of apples, tomatoes, pears, potatoes. We boil him up with potatoes and give him potatoes. Okay, now, so, you know, obviously you've got pets, and, and this is kind of, I guess, slightly into the livestock category. Do you, do you pet him? Do you have any, like, you know, the joy of, like, something, a cat might sit on someone's knee or you can throw a ball for a dog? What's the kind of pet element to having a potbelly pig? So he loves a belly rub. Like a dog will turn over and let you rub his belly. You start rubbing his belly, he'll lay on his back and let you rub his belly. I guess, don't we all love a belly rub? So, fantastic. Well done, Dale Boy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway.